He was right. I was wrong. A lot of hockey in a, in a very short period of time. These teams are going to have a hatred of each other real oh. quickly. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 62. As yes, we get ready for an NHL season, technically the 2020-21 season, but really it will be competed completely in 21. So happy new year to everyone. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross. Please find me on Twitter at A Gross Newsday. And on Sunday, the NHL and the NHL Players Association uh, announced they had both ratified a return to play plan that included a truncated 56 game regular season that will begin on January 13th. Training camps for the 24 teams that participated in the uh, postseason from August to September will open training camps on January 3rd. There will be no preseason games. The seven teams that did not qualify for the postseason will be on the ice for the started training camp on December 31st. And to break down all of this, I'm bringing in my Newsday teammate, Colin Stevenson. And before we get to Colin, I just want to say, he was right. I was wrong. <laughs> if you go back to the last episode, I was very skeptical, uh, to say the least, that there there would be a, a season. And Colin uh, tried talking me off the ledge. I, I don't think he was successful. I think I might have slipped and fallen. But uh, Colin, buddy, you were right. Congrats. You win this, <laughs> win this well, round. <laughs> well, I wouldn't make that big of a deal about it. I think ultimately what happened, Andrew, is you were a skeptic and I was a cynic, right? So you were skeptical if they could do this safely, and I was cynical that anything mattered to these guys except the money. So <laughs> that's kind of just how we looked at it. Um, and I, you know, and I didn't get it completely right. Cause I, I assumed the players would cave, but I guess the owners just really had, they had like nothing to stand, no leg to stand on. And, um, and so, uh, and so we moved forward, but you know, the good news is that, uh, you know, January 3rd, baby training camp. And then, uh, January 13th games. So, and it's going to be a sprint 56 games, man. Yeah, there, there's no time we can talk about this, but there, there is no time uh, not much time for experimentation. There's no time for slow starts. Um, before we get to that, I mean, uh, the, the, the format, of course, is going to be different. Uh, for understandable reasons, the NHL will be realigning this year uh, on a right. temporary basis. Uh, the Islanders will be in the uh, 18 division with the Rangers, Devils, Bruins, Sabres, Capitals, Penguins, Flyers, uh, who am I missing? No, I think that's it. It's yeah. the old Patrick division, yeah. but with eight, Buffalo and Boston thrown in. Eight teams, and of course the seven Canadian teams, uh, because the U.S.-Canada border restrictions, uh, the plan is to play everything north of the border for those seven teams, uh, have an all-Canadian division. But of course, even though both sides have ratified this, there are still some uncertainties here. One, whether all any or all of the uh, provincial governments in Canada are going to allow 
travel and, and teams to play in their home arenas in Canada. And probably the worst case scenario for the NHL would be all seven uh, Canadian teams being relocated to temporary homes in the U.S., yeah. in which case everything would be, have to be realigned again. I've also heard that if the COVID numbers continue to spike, there is a, a, a mechanism to slide the season back maybe a week or two, you know, uh, before getting going. So that would be closer to February 1st and January 13th. But, but right now, uh, all speed ahead for January 13th. And looking past the season for the playoffs, it's uh, four rounds of best of seven, top four teams in each division make it. So what, what were your thoughts when you saw the agreement and uh, how this is all going to shape out? You know, I remember those, those Patrick division days where it's kind of cool because you, you get really familiar with, with the teams in your division, right? I mean, you're going to play, you know, as it stands now, 56 games, and you're going to play each team, what is it, eight times, right? Yeah, seven times eight is 56. So so you're going to get to, you know, and we're going to see a lot of each other, you and I. And, uh, and the, only, the only tough thing is it's clearly the toughest division, right? I think I wrote a couple of weeks ago, like it, it just, it has the feel of a steel cage wrestling match um, where, you know, all right, Jersey was a little Jersey and Buffalo didn't make it to the, to the restart in, in Toronto. And other than that, you know, the division is completely loaded. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, there's going to be some deserving teams that don't get in the playoffs out of this division. And, and it's, as you say, um, there is no time for experimenting. There is no time for a slow start. 56 games. uh, I read somewhere it's like it's gonna be 56 games in I think 116 days or something like that breaks down to one game every 2.0 something days um so a game every other day essentially a lot of hockey in a, in a very short period of time uh but but bottom line for me is some deserving teams are not gonna make it just because of the of the format you know you, you only four of those eight teams are gonna go you know, think about it, of the, of the eight teams, only the Devils, you know, six of them made it strong. So, you know, six of the eight made it strong. Only the Devils and, and Buffalo didn't. So two teams that made it strong, at least, won't be going uh, to the postseason. Yeah, and it is the toughest division. You, you throw the Bruins in that mix with the Caps and the Penguins and the Islanders. Like you say, six of the eight were playoff teams. In one sense, though, these teams do catch a break because they're so tightly packed geographically. I mean, not just the Islanders, Devils, and Rangers. I mean, you know, Philadelphia is, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, Newark anyway. Uh, Washington, certainly on that Northeast corridor. You right, know, right. Amtrak's going to be doing good business this year. Right. Um, For you, you can even drive to Boston from where you live, right? I mean, it's a... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's... It's three hours, 15 minutes to my brother's house. So, and the other thing is to, to alleviate the travel because they, they really don't want to try and minimize the COVID risks. They're going to limit travel as much as humanly possible. Right. And that means a little bit more of a baseball schedule. So, you know, the Islanders are going to roll or the Rangers are going to roll into Boston. They're going to spend a few days there and play two, you know, two, maybe even three games in a row. So you talk about the steel cage match. It, it's, it's going to have this playoff like, feel. Yeah, it's going to be a playoff feel. Yep, exactly. Yeah, because these teams are going to have a hatred of each other real oh. quickly, real quickly. 
I, I'm, I'm saying right now, neither you or I have any idea what the media protocols are going to be, what buildings we're allowed into, what we're going to be allowed to see, you know, live as compared to sitting at home watching on TV and Zoom. I'm going on record now. I'm not volunteering if the Islanders go play three straight games in Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not spending like seven, eight days up there. Uh, not, not in winter. That's so funny. <laughs> to get back to, to a point we had made, there is no time for experimentation here. 56 games in, in this really tough division. You, you don't have time to get off to a slow start. And coaches may have to coach a little bit differently. They're not going to necessarily have time to see if the rookie can work out his kinks. Uh, would you agree? Well, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, I was on vacation last week. So I wrote, the, you know, the week before I wrote for last Sunday um, that I, I would like the Rangers to bring back um, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov from Russia. You know, now, they, you know, he's, you know, just a – just to kind of catch you up on his story, you know, he's a first round pick um, from 2018. Uh, their first of three per, uh, first round picks that year, you know, has been playing in Russia, came over last season, uh, first season in North America. didn't go well. I think, uh, you know, you didn't make the team out of training camp. Um, didn't seem to enjoy playing in the minor leagues, went back to Russia. The whole thing was a, a bit of a mess. It was a rude awakening for him. You know, he was loaned back to his old um, KHL club for the the start of this season. And I believe the Rangers have agreed not to, you know, to kind of, to, to, they've agreed to leave him there for the rest of the season. And, you know, their season will end in the end of February and then they can bring him over after the playoffs and, and, and it'll be like, you know, making a trade and getting a guy. Um, but my argument was, hey, wait a minute now. <laughs> if you only have 56 games and you have no preseason games, uh, and the games are coming fast and furious. Why wouldn't you want a guy that's literally in midseason form to come over and, and try and, 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 and help your team, you know, win games early? Um, but anyway, so, you know, that's the interesting thing to me is, you know, every team is going to have that, that young guy, that 21-year-old guy that you're not sure if he's going to make the team. And then, you know, when does he make the team? You know, do you have, you know, is 10 days in training camp with no preseason games enough time to give that guy a serious look and, and decide whether or not he deserves to be on the team? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I think what's going to have to happen is um, teams are going to have to go into training camp saying, this is our, this is going to be our team unless something goes really wrong. Somebody gets hurt or something else goes really wrong. And so you kind of have to go into training camp thinking our first line is going to look like this. Our second line's going to look like this. Uh, our first and second D pairs are going to look like these, and these are going to be our two goalies going in. So I, I just don't know that there's enough time for somebody to go in, you know, have a great camp and, you know, and impress management enough to earn a spot, at least at the start of the season. So that's, that'll be the interesting thing for me to see if that works. And you're transitioning I, I, we, we, as it refers to the Islanders, Noah Dobson, the defenseman, is obviously, right. you know, he's, he's not a rookie. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, this will be his first season where he is expected to be a regular in the On line. The team. Yeah, of course. But, and, and this will bring us 
to the obligatory Ilya Sorokin segment <laughs> and the and the playing of the Ilya Sorokin theme. You know I can't get enough of that, man. You know, he's an NHL rookie, raw NHL rookie, yep. and he is being expected to jump into this and work as a, in a goalie tandem with Semyon Varlamov, um, with, with Thomas Grice, now a Detroit Red Wing. We, we discussed this a little bit before, you know, we went, we went and hit record on this baby, but Corey Schneider, everyone's, you know, uh, and, and we can get to Matthew Barzell still waiting on his deal, but Corey Schneider is coming in on a one-year $700,000 deal. Uh, and what, what to make of that? You know, is he going, the thought is, you know, he's insurance. Is he on the taxi squad? Well, well, look, everyone expects Ilya Sorokin to come in and, you know, sort of shesterk in this, right? And, and, and come out really hot. But w w what if there is the slow start? How long does Barry Trotz have to wait? On, on a young kid like this in a 56-game season, knowing they, you can't fall behind in the standings. Well, and, and the tricky thing is for, for a guy like Sorokin is the smaller rink, right? He, at least when Shesterkin came over, he got to start out in, in Hartford and, and learn that 85-foot wide rink, NHL rink, you know, at the minor league level and, and figure it out down there. I mean, Sorokin's going to have to do it at this level, because he's, he's sure not going to start in Bridgeport. I mean, he's going to be here. He'll either be one of the two or one of the three. You know, they may, you know, I, and from what I read, too, like they could probably have three goalies on the active roster, right, as opposed to having two on the roster and, and yeah. one on the taxi squad. They could have three goalies on the roster if they want. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, these games are going to count. And, and uh, you know, the angles are different for goalies. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it might take them – you know, a few games to kind of really feel comfortable. And, and I just, you know, I, I just don't know what it's, you know, how, how, how long you, you have to allow him to get comfortable. And, and if every point is precious and if in those 10 days, Corey Schneider, you know, looks pretty good, then, you know, it, it kind of complicates things is, is what it does. I mean, I don't, I don't think at the end of the day that Schneider is going to be, the second goalie. I think ultimately Sorokin's going to be the same. I think it's going to be um, those two guys. I think Sorokin's going to be one of the two goalies. Um, and I think Schneider is the insurance. But, you know, you raise an excellent point. I, I just, you it's know, it's a very I, I interesting twist. I, 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 I will point out that I've been told by those who cover him in, uh, in Russia that he is, he's more comfortable on the smaller rinks than you or I probably would give him credit for. He has skated on them. Uh, I was told that the transition for him is not going to be, you know, that ridiculous. He, he, he should pick up on it, but still it's a day in and day out thing. And, and you're correct. The angles and, and, and not even the angles, it's the style of play in the NHL that is so much different than, you know, the KHL or, or anywhere in Europe. It, it, it's such a more, physical league and that includes physicality against the goalies which they're probably not used to with 
which so with so much skating space and there's also you know how you handle the puck and what you can and cannot do with it so there there are a lot of adjustments for Sorokin to make coming over yes yes the good news for the Islanders is that he's like the only guy right I mean like everybody else on the roster is basically (laughs) coming back from last year's team which went to the semifinals so um I think you know, for the Islanders, the, the good news is, you know, you got to break in this one guy. Everybody else knows what they're doing, and, uh, and and they should be go. They should be as ready to go on day one as any team. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and Barry Trotz, uh, I mean, certainly last season, Barry Trotz had the team humming at the start of the season with that 15-0-2 right. run right. October, yeah. November. So that, you know, <laughs> a start like that, you know, is good enough this time around. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. If you can do that, if you can go 15, 0 and two to, to, you know, early in this season, that, that'll, that'll have you in good shape. You might make the top four. Uh, I, I, you know, more seriously, what do you think the NHL's chances here of, you know, I, I don't, this is not going to be, the sequestered bubbles in Toronto no. and Edmonton. They, they're not Although going it might to... in Canada. It might, it, it, uh, you know, it, that's one of the things that, that I've read too, you know, if the Canadian provincial governments are not comfortable with like the travel uh, in and out of cities, you know, they may, they may do a bubble in Edmonton and have all those teams there too. But, well, but yes, but the point, the point is raised. The, the point is they're not going to get through this season clean. There are no. going to be COVID cases yes, and, yes, and, and players do have the opportunity to opt out, although they have to make up their minds pretty quickly here. What do you think that the NHL's chances are here of, navigating this Uh, I mean you know obviously there are smart people putting protocols into place and and the players if you read some of the protocols you know on the road they're not doing anything but hotel practice rink arena there's no going out for dinner or anything all the team meals are in the hotel they're going to be separated from other you know guests at the hotel it's but still it, it doesn't seem like you know the the risk here is considerably higher than what they went through in the bubbles. How well do you think they get through this? You know, they went through the, the, you know, yes, it was a bubble, but they didn't have a single positive test up there. Right. So, I mean, I think these guys have been through this before they, they get it. Um, it'll depend on, you know, like mentally, if they can handle all that time living like that. Right. I mean, other than the Canadian teams, and let's put them aside for, for a second, because that still hasn't been resolved yet as to if, whether they're going to be in their home ranks. The teams south of the border uh, are going to be in their home ranks, except, again, for maybe San Jose. And so guys are going to be home, and they're going to live a life at home. And I don't know. I mean, like, if you're on the road for a long time and you're dealing with this COVID stuff, there is COVID fatigue. fatigue. That's That, I think, is real. But I, I think they're going to be home. You can't be having – you know, house parties and stuff on your days off and, and things like that. So uh, I don't know. I mean, mentally, I think there's going to be a problem, but you're right. There are going to be positive tests. It's inevitable. And then the question then becomes, can you socially distance these guys in the locker room uh, in and around the practice facility? I think of the, the Denver Broncos who played that one game without any quarterbacks because the one guy tested positive and the other three – were close contacts because they didn't they were in the room and not wearing their masks or something stupid like that so like they didn't they literally did not have a quarterback 
and I wonder if NHL teams like, you know, the goalies work out together and hang out together. If all of your goalies, let's say, get, you know, test positive or one test positive and the others are, are, are close contacts or something like that, then you can't play. I think they'll be fine. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive thinking in that way. I think they'll get through. I think they'll play the full schedule. Um, but I'm not going to tell you that there won't be some games that are postponed uh, somewhere along the way. I'm sure there's going to be postponements and cancellations and things like that. Yeah. You know, you talk about them being at home. It, it also puts an extra burden, not just on the players, but on the players' families. Everyone, you know, on the in, in the players, you know, friends and, you know, the wives, the children. It does put a little bit of a burden on them that they have to be you know, everyone should be super vigilant right now, but it, it's yeah. very tough. It, it really is tough to to create a family bubble and a hundred percent stick to that. And it, it's going to be difficult when they're at home. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I just went through, you know, you know, not to tell people my personal lives, but one of my Go sons, ahead. Had, Go ahead. <laughs> one of my sons had a surgery uh, a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, and. Um, you know, he had to take a, a COVID test um, prior to the surgery, and then he needed to quarantine for, you know, however many days it was in between the test and the actual surgery. And we needed to respect that. I mean, you know, he needed to, theoretically, he was supposed to quarantine from, from the rest of us, you know, and, um, and that's kind of what it is. I mean, if you're a, if you're a, a veteran guy, and you have, uh, let's say you're a, a guy who's in his mid 30s, and you've got you know, kids that go to school and they're actually going to school uh, where they're, they're going to the school building and stuff, you know, that's, that's an issue where, you know, one of your kids could go to school, pick something up at school, bring it home and give it to you. You know what I mean? So, so you're right. You're exactly right. Is it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a strain on, on the families. The families have to have to kind of, you know, follow the protocol as well, as opposed to just the player. Yeah. It's also going to be very interesting to me to see, how many or if any hockey players do opt out? You know, we, we, we saw football players opting out. We've seen baseball players opt out. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the NBA players opted out. Uh, I, I did not keep as close an eye on that as probably I should have. But I, I always feel like with, with – and, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect the other professional sports. I always feel like the hockey athlete is just a little bit different than yes. the other sports. So it's going to be very interesting to me to see if any players do opt out. I, I sort of suspect there, there there will be opt outs over family concerns. Yeah, I, I think there there are going to be some opt outs. I don't expect a lot of them though. These guys, uh, I, I think you're right. I think hockey players are are a little different than the other guys. They you know they make less money, for instance, than basketball players or baseball players. And guys are going to have to make individual decisions as to, uh, you know, as to what makes the most sense for them in their own situations. I mean, uh, if you opt out of this season, you don't get paid, right? So you don't get paid for, for this season. And then if this was the last year of your contract, then, you know, you still have to, you know, it, it, you still have to fulfill that, that year. I mean, it's, so if you have three years left and you opt out of this season, you don't have two years left. You still have three years left. So, Guys are going to have to decide what makes sense for them. And undoubtedly, there will be guys opting out. Uh, but knowing hockey players, uh, my experience 
uh, tells me that there won't be that, that many. Overall, I mean, it was a good weekend for the league, and, and, and the schedules are going to be out uh, by midweek. We can see where and when the teams are going. A lot of excitement. I, I, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. I, I, was, I, I don't know if giddy is the right word, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to doing what I love doing here, and, and that's being around hockey as close as, as I can you know, in the coming days. And again, no idea whether we're in the, the buildings or not, but, uh, you know. It, well, I, you know, I got, I was talking to our buddy, Steve Popper, and I asked him, you know, trying to get a little um, guidance from him as to what they're doing at the NBA. Um, and I, I think uh, they are, you know, as, <laughs> as we speak today, it's, it's Monday the 21st. And um, I think the Knicks decided today that they're going to let reporters in to the building to watch games. Um, Good for them. Now the season for them, mind you, starts this week. I think it starts on, on like yeah. Thursday or something. Um, so uh, so they, they, they left it pretty late, but I think they did decide that. So I assume that if the, if the Rangers, I'm sorry, if the Knicks are letting reporters in, then the Rangers will probably let reporters in. If the Rangers are letting people in, then I'm, I'm sure uh, the Islanders and everyone else will as well. All right. Well, listen, Colin, I just want to wrap up this segment real neat and tidy here. Who's winning the Stanley Cup? (laughs) Wow. You're going to go there? I like, oh my goodness. I would, I would love to say Tampa Bay, but I think they have, uh, they got to, they got to fix the cap cap, issues. Yeah. They got to, they got to become cap compliant. Um, Yikes! I would want to say Boston, but they're gonna to have to get out of the division first. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know. Let's say it's got to be somebody out west, right? I, I would say um, I'll go with the Colorado Avalanche just because. What about you? What do you think? Well, I mean, the correct answer on the Island Ice podcast, of course, is the Islanders. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Hey, Colin, listen, thanks for hopping on and uh, looking forward to uh, talking hockey hockey with you real soon. Very excited that this is happening, man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a rough, rough year, and this is going to make a lot of people happy at least. Oh, well, well listen, be well and uh, best to your family and happy and healthy holidays and new year to everyone. Same to you. So listen, from Colin Stevenson, and here's a segue. We're going from Colin Stevenson to John Ledecky, the Islanders co-owner who is at uh, the Long Island Jewish uh, Medical Center, uh, Katz Women's Hospital in New Hyde Park on Monday, presenting uh, and honoring some of the frontline workers. There are really all of the frontline workers with Northwell Health, who, which is, of course, the Islanders' uh, corporate partner here. But uh, John Ledecky did uh, speak to the media on a, a bunch, of, bunch of subjects, starting with, you know, what honoring the frontline workers means, and then going on to some NHL issues. So uh, live from New Hyde Park, here is John Ledecky. As an owner, just is it a sense of relief getting this agreement done with the NHLPA and knowing that there is going to be a season here? You know, I think it's very important for our community and for the fans to have something 
positive to look forward to in the middle of this pandemic, which is hopefully going to ease with the vaccine, to have something to wake up and talk to your kids about, to get excited about hockey being played again, to start doing the, the, the uh, stove pot discussion of who should be playing and which goalie should start, and getting our minds off this incredibly unprecedented times and onto a sport that we all love. So I know Islander fans are so excited about the season's start. They're so incredibly supportive of the team. But we want to make sure that our fans stay healthy and safe and therefore happy during the holidays. So we want to continue to stress the need for social distancing. We want to continue to stress the need to wash your hands, to maintain that six feet difference, to be careful when you go inside. We cannot forget these rules. And a day like today, an event like today, is as much honoring the great frontline workers as it is to remember and remind the public not to let down your guard, to always be vigilant. Do you think there's any way to predict whether there will be fans at the Coliseum by the time this season or these playoffs do end? There is no way to predict that, and we're going to rely on the leadership of Governor Cuomo and the state government and the municipalities to guide us. Um, we're happy to be playing, but again, the safety and health of not only our fans, but our players and the whole entire hockey operations team is most paramount. And I think that Commissioner Bettman, Deputy Commissioner Daly, and the medical experts at the NHL are really focused on making sure that this season progresses and that the players stay safe. The fact that we didn't have any incidences in the bubble was terrific. But maintaining multiple bubbles is going to be an even greater challenge. And I think the National Hockey League is up to that challenge. I think bringing on additional players on a taxi squad makes a lot of sense. And these are, these are a band of brothers. These hockey players are a band of brothers. But first and foremost, they're going to communicate to the community the same thing that we're saying here today. The need for fans to think about their health and safety first. Coming to a game would be terrific. That time will eventually arrive but we are going to listen to the health authorities and the experts each and every step. The vaccine is obviously a pretty exciting step in this, in this whole thing. Given, given that and given the excitement about the new arena opening up uh, in the fall, are, are you confident by, by that point that fans will be able to be at the games by, by the time the new Again, arena? that's not my decision, but I will tell you that the extra millions and millions of dollars that the New York Islanders and Oakview Group, the partnership at Belmont is spending to make sure that we have the best HVAC system in the world, that we have the best sanitary system in the world. We caught a break, if, if you want to call it that, in being able to de novo put these systems in as we build the building versus I think a lot of arenas are going to have to think about retrofit and other things. We, we, caught, we caught a very good break for the health and safety of our fans being able to put it in now as we fill in the inside of the arena. And that is our first, second, and third priority. Once the season begins and fans are allowed again, the health and safety of our fans and our players and our workers there is number one. And we will spend whatever it takes to make sure that that health and safety is maintained. That is our requirement as a sports team in New York. We love our fans and we will never put them in a position where they are not 100% safe. And the way you do that is by putting in the best systems that the experts in health, safety, and sanitation 
are working with us on. John, have preparations, have preparations begun at the Coliseum and, and Northwell uh, Ice Rink to make sure that there's some sort of uh, plan in place for safety of the players and people who are going to be there? And how much conversation have you had with the state and the local uh, health officials about you know potentially getting fans in or even just making sure that you can play in the Coliseum at a safe uh, measure? Yeah, well, measure. the great thing is that we have Lou Lamorello as our hockey president and general manager, and Lou is at the forefront of this issue. And he's working with Commissioner Bettman and the officials at the NHL to determine and design the best plan for everyone who walks into the Nassau Coliseum, whether it's a person who's the trainer, whether it's a person who's helping create the ice, riding the Zamboni, or playing in the game. Every single person will be treated in a way that makes sure that their health and safety is paramount. Thanks for coming here today, guys. One more question. What can you say about the Barzell's contract as the owner? Where do we stand? Lou Lamorello. Talk to him. He's our hockey guy, and he runs hockey. And you know what? When you have the best general manager, president, who's in the Hall of Fame, you listen to the Hall of Fame guy. Hey, uh, John, are, are we 100% locked down with the, the Coliseum? Is everything signed? Definitely games there this season? or is there that's, still what, that's, what, that's what I've been told. And, again, I want to thank... Um, the, the county executive, Laura Curran, and I want to thank Governor Cuomo for their ongoing efforts in this regard. If we're going to play hockey in this area, it's going to be at the Nassau Coliseum. And, and it's always good catching up with John. Very, very nice man. Always bright and bubbly, and he's got a smile, and uh, he's about as excited as the, uh, for the hockey season to start as, uh, as anyone I've come across. Um, and, and with that, we've come to the end of uh, episode 62. Uh, my thanks again to Newsday teammate Colin Stevenson for jumping on and discussing this upcoming season. Uh, for anything Colin writes or anything I write, please go to the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash sports. There's an Islanders page, and uh, yes, there's a Rangers page too. There's a, a team page for every team. Uh, that we cover. You can also find all the back episodes of Island Ice, and you can also find Island Ice wherever fine podcasts can be found, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, SoundCloud, but we prefer you to go to the Newsday website because uh, you know what? We like our product and we're proud of it. And uh, so until the next episode, listen, everyone stay healthy. Everyone have a happy holiday season. Everyone, let's hope for a, uh, a better 21. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, looking forward to the season. Happy hockey, everybody.